Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. What is up, rock stars? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab. I'm JB. And I'm the doctor. You know, if this happens to be your first time joining us, you are in for a treat. We are super pumped to have you here. Make sure that you give us a like, a follow, a subscribe, a five-star review, whatever it happens to be. And if you're a returning viewer, you've already done all that, haven't you? Better have. We'll come find you. Now, is that a threat? You can't be making threats. This is being recorded. That wasn't a threat. That was a promise. That was cheesy is what that was. But seriously, if you're coming back again, thank you so much for joining us. Our goal here is to always leave a greater impact with more people. We have real interviews with real professionals. And as always, we're super excited to be able to bring that to you. So so give us the love so we can spread the gospel to more and more people just like you. And hopefully you'll take something great out of this conversation today like you always do. If you're coming back, you know that we're cheesy and you must love it. You must love cheese as much as my dog does. I feel like we're already off the rails and we're not even past the introduction here. Uh, That's why we have a great guest to save us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I am excited to to bring our guest on here. We've got the fabulous Betty Monroe, CEO of Connective Engagements and a current film and television actress, as well as acting coach Betty. Welcome to the lab. Hello. I'm actually just laughing at Andre's bad dad jokes already here. This is making my morning. <laughs> I I know. Well, you know, for, for me, it's a blessing because normally he's just making fun of me. Yeah. So at least right now it's not directed at me. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. It's a win. This is great. Give me time. <laughs> Starting my Friday with smiles. That's a good thing. It is. Well, we're really excited to have you, Betty. Thanks again for joining us. I, I know you're on the tail end of uh kicking a, a, a cold. So really do appreciate you being able to make it today on the show. Do our listeners and viewers a, a favor and just kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. I know I, I kind of introduced you connective engagements and, and you're in the acting industry, but but share a little bit more about kind of who you are, and what you do. I think that'd be really helpful. Absolutely. So I coach those using a virtual meeting space to connect to people and create more genuine relationships, i.e. create better camera engagement. Since most of us these days have found ourselves working on Zoom or the like to conduct business, which was not the norm and now is. Seems seems very appropriate, you know, given that we've seen so much movement online. Uh, I kind of want to know what what prompted you to move into the space, because it's something that we we certainly see all the time, you know, being in the virtual space is is it's hard to engage with people. Yeah, it is. That's a great question, Josh. Um, as, as you mentioned, I am a film and TV actress part-time. I'm a former elementary school teacher, single mom, wore a lot of hats. I just sent my college junior back off to school this morning, which made me cry a little, but that's okay. Uh, I have a clean, a clean guest room again and my home office back, which is kind of nice. Um, I was working out of my bedroom for four months. But in any event, for a couple of years, I was actually producing and marketing a sales enablement based podcast. And that started 
a bit before the pandemic. And as we moved into the pandemic and Zoom became a thing, I started seeing my, my sellers really struggling in the space. And as a film and TV actress, I thought, well, gosh, I can really help people. Um, you know, the joke was we'd see people with their you know, screens tilted so far back, you could see up their nose or they were dark or you couldn't see them or they had a bunch of clutter behind them. Um, you know, the initial jokes and sadly, some people still haven't figured it out. Um, I even hosted a webinar during that time period where someone ate a full steak dinner on camera. So, you know, the, the virtual aesthetics became glaringly important. Um, but then as we moved forward, I started seeing, as you mentioned, people really struggling with that interpersonal connection, you know, especially in the B2B sales tech space, when you're working with prospects and clients and figuring out, well, gosh, how on earth do I do what I've done for 10, 15, 20 years with face-to-face -face and building relationships with people? And I don't have that face-to-face -face anymore. Um, but you can. And it's simply about adjusting the way you connect, right? Connective engagement came to me simply because that's what we need to learn how to do. And it's not just a result of the pandemic. It's a result of too much technology sometimes. You know, my own young adult kids struggle with socialization and all of this, this stuff happening in our world right now. And it's kind of affected everybody, whether you're 16 or 56. It's tough. I mean, and for all the skeptics out there, what, what you are saying is, yes, you can actually engage in online and you can do it as well as you can do in person or, yeah. or is there still a gap there? Close to. Um, look, we all want to go back in person and many of us have, yet many have still opted to, this isn't going anywhere. Bottom line, this is not going anywhere because it's saving companies millions of dollars in former travel expenses. It is easier for people. People people are able to, pardon me, people are able to spend more time with their families and all the wonderful pros that have come out of it. So it's not going anywhere. And yes, you can. It's just different. We maybe have to learn how to read body language in a very different and more nuanced and finite manner, as opposed to, you know, watching somebody's whole body stance. But it can be done. Simple things like showing your hands occasionally when you're on screen. I talk with my hands anyway, coming from a Brooklyn-based Jewish family. But doing that actually builds trust. And why? How many times have some of our listeners or even you guys been on a prospective call in the last couple of years meeting somebody you've never met before and you're on camera and you turn on your meeting and their screen is black. And what that says is without meaning to what it says, and I get the uncomfortable part and that's, that's something for another time, but what it says to the person that you're meeting with is that whatever it is they're doing that you can't see is far more important than the meeting that you've planned together. So these are things to think about. So do we need a, do we need to kind of learn how to do this? I mean, is there a serious learning curve to getting better on camera? Because you know, we've all seen the, the lawyer with the cat filter on Zoom talking to the judge. I mean, if we haven't seen that video, you all owe it to yourself to watch that video, go look for it right now. But uh, yeah, we've all seen that. So how much of a learning curve do you think there really is to getting good on the camera? I don't think it's about so much, Josh, being good as being self-aware of the constant ebb and flow and changes taking place in not only our personal lives, but our business lives due to the pandemic. So I think, I think a lot of people have figured it out, but a lot of people still haven't and a lot of people are still struggling. You know, this being on camera all day is exhausting for everybody, even the most seasoned professional. Um, you know, and Zoom fatigue is a real thing. So a nice part of 
bringing that self-awareness in, whether you are an employee, a seller, or even a team leader or manager or a, a head of an organization is maintaining an awareness of all of the things that are involved. You know, everyone is still getting used to the fact that their naked four-year-old is maybe going to come running behind them in the middle of a meeting that's set up this way. Um, like, you know, with a CEO and 10 important people going, mommy, I'm Superman. And it's okay to laugh. And it's okay for your dog to come in or your cat to decide to come in and sit on top of your screen because that's just kind of where we are now if you're meeting virtually. And I think people, as it's been over two and a half years now, are getting more and more used to these things. But what we need to do is learn how to bring those things back in, you know. One of the things I've, I've seen, you know, personally is you kind of have this, this expectation on camera for a lot of people, right? People who have not grown up on camera. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, you're kind of like middle or older generations, you know, they kind of want this, this real formality to, to what's on camera. And then you've got kind of this younger generation that's totally open to being authentic. I had a conversation just yesterday with a realtor that's, you know, I'm goofy. I should, they know my grandma and her cooking and, you know, they, they're part of my lives when I go online and I'm on social media and I'm on camera. And I think there's, there's like this difference between kind of some of the older generations and the younger generations. Um, is one of them right or wrong? Is it somewhere in the middle? Kind of what's what's your feeling with your experience on on where that where we should kind of find that that Goldilocks space on camera? It's very simple. I know it can be hard for people who have done things one way for many years. I get that, and I, I understand your concern with the generational gap, so to speak. Um, but this is the thing: we're all human beings being human, and we're all in the same boat on the same sea. And we've now had enough time to kind of adjust to what this is and you need to be yourself because in order to to achieve the genuine connection through a screen as opposed to face to face reading someone's body language eye to eye contact blah 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 you have to be able to be yourself you know that's why i have my family photos behind me i'm in my kitchen this is my home it's really important and when you are in a position where you're in meetings with people perhaps you don't know well these things behind me might be a really great conversation starter and the other thing is people are so overwhelmed with everything going on in the world right now it is important for us to recognize that it it's the the that personalization needs to come first at the beginning of any meeting you know and not just about the weather how's the weather you know the the photo behind me might become a conversation piece or, um, you know, just let somebody know I'm a, I'm a parent or um, anything like that. There's so many different pieces to the puzzle. And I think it's just a tough thing. And it's time and experience and just repetitive motion, doing it again and again. You know, but it, it's kind of correlative to many people are exhausted, like I said, from being on camera all the time. And sometimes it is okay to not be on camera. And that's a whole different that's a whole different subject, you know, that pertains to whatever's going on within your office space or your organization and how you set up your meetings. But when you do have them this way, yes, it's important to just be you, be self-aware, be authentic, be genuine, because that's how you build relationships in the first place, whether you're in person or otherwise. I can totally relate. My background is what's actually going on in my head all the minutes of every day. <laughs> Perfect. And I love that's that. Inside your head looks like? terrifying yeah. right <laughs> and for all our listeners that are wondering what we're talking about you better just jump on youtube and check out one of our episodes on on youtube because you get a much better feel for what we're all looking at here it's absolutely horrifying 
It is not. <laughs> Betty, I'm trying to get them going. You are, you, are you talking? He's sitting to Dr. Andre. I'm just concerned. Like it, the horrifying part is my background or the face in front of it. What what, what you going for here, JB? Hey, both are accurate. Know, both are it, accurate. You know, I'm I'm trying to be empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Taking lessons from Betty here. Uh, you know, it, I, I love you, brother. I got nothing nothing to say about that. Just just zip it up. <laughs> I think everybody's brain feels like that at some point, especially these days. Well, for that. sure, it's. It, it's 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 a lot and and i feel like the introduction of technology and the doc and i talk about this all the time it can add to the noise and the distractions it can make life harder we think it's easier but it's harder you know we're constantly getting distracted by technology mm -hmm. and even even virtually you probably see this you probably coach on this it's like you know when you have a dozen uh you know different browser screens open you know mm -hmm. and you've got all these tabs open you know how distracting can that be yeah, you know, they start flashing or you got this or that going on. It can, it can be really pretty tough. So I, I'm sure you've seen that. I got to ask, since you since you coach on this, um, any stories where people have just made you kind of like, oh, my gosh, yeah. really? I told you, the guy who ate the steak dinner on, on the whole, the, in the middle of the webinar, there's like 100 people in this webinar. And this ding-a-ling is eating a steak dinner with baked potato on camera, chewing on camera, just listening. I'm like, now that's a time where you can turn your camera off. That's okay. Turn it off, please. Just listen. <laughs> so this is like the the equivalent of going to the movie theater with Chinese food in your back or something. Like I feel like it's the same thing. So it should be a if Seinfeld was out, this would be a Seinfeld episode. Oh, so what do you do with something like that? Look, I mean, we could all make a very inappropriate joke about the Jeffrey Tubin story, well, but you know, I mean, it's gonna happen. I mean, the old joke about the guy standing up and forgetting that he's got boxers on and, you know, whoops, forgot to turn my camera off to go to the bathroom. I mean, these things have happened. They've happened to me. They've happened to people I know, you know, it just happened. Very odd way to try to let somebody know you're into them. It's like, oops, I let, I, I stood up and I only have boxers on. How, how shocking. Be mindful. Do they look good? Be mindful. It takes seven <laughs> seconds to form a first impression. That's not a great impression if you're on a meeting with someone you don't know, even if it's someone you do know. <laughs> well, I got, a I got a question for you. Um, what would you say would be the best tip you can give somebody to do when they're starting out in a new Zoom meeting and we're to make a good impression. What would be your top tip? Are you referring to someone who's never been on one before or just someone who's meeting someone for the first time? Either or. You, okay, well, you can have fun with it. I just I just really needed a segue. To really okay. I love you for making me laugh. This is I'm, good. This is a good thing. Um, I'm going for I'm going for prop comedy today. In regard to, you know, the first impression thing, look, again, it takes people seven seconds to form a first impression of someone when meeting for the first time. And so, you know, the way you dress, the way you show up is very important. Um, you know, personally, my opinion is the virtual backgrounds can also be distracting and an issue. And sometimes they're, they're a filter. So you, people forget and they'll lean back or lose a body part, but, and they're okay. I get it. We're all stuck. Some people, what if you live in a one bedroom apartment in Soho and you've got this much space, you know, use the blurred out background. That's fine. Just remember not to go like this. So we don't lose you, but the way you dress is something that's important. No, we don't have to wear a suit and tie anymore. If that's your thing, do it, but it's not necessary anymore. Button down shirt, polo shirt, clean t-shirt, 
look neat and clean, look professional, as whatever is the most appropriate to whom it is you're meeting, right? Um, but yeah, it's really important to take the time. It was very tempting in the beginning for everybody to show up and people did in their, I joke, SpongeBob pajama bottoms, right? Sitting on their bed, right? But also full circle with that, the way you dress up and show up directly affects your ability to complete whatever it is you're attempting to get to in a day, right? So you don't have to get fancy, but make sure you take a minute to brush the hair, put on a clean shirt. You know, we're lucky. It's nice that we can have a bit of a, a relaxed moment in time, so to speak, but it's important to still present yourself as you want to be perceived. You, you, brought, you brought up being aware, which, which makes total sense, right? I, I, I mean, just be aware. But in our experience, you're working with a lot of people, self-awareness, and this is personal experience too, right? Self-awareness is really hard to, to come by. So do you think most people realize that they need to be more self-aware? Or when you're working with people, is it kind of like a realization like, oh my gosh, it didn't even occur to me to think about that. I'm just curious how, how, how you've experienced that working with people so far. I think that depends on the individual. Um, you know, self-awareness is the doc loves subject you. for the doc. He right? loves you. It depends, right? It depends. His favorite. The, the doc. I mean, should not have had both of you. Do you agree, Andre? I mean, I think you know. Listen, self-awareness takes time, work, desire to achieve, um, and an ability to see with the third eye, right? So, but it, it's tough, you know. Like I said, there's people. If you are used to going into an office from nine to five every single day for twenty-five years. And all of a sudden, you're forced to learn new technology, figure this out. Oh, my gosh. I'm used to, you know, I'm, I'm a salesman that's been doing this for 30 years, and now I have to figure this mess out. That can be, that's scary. And, it, and it's frustrating, and it's, you know, time-consuming. But, again, it's, it's going to depend on the person. Doc, you have anything you want to say? You biting your tongue here? Betty hit it right on the head, right? Yeah. JB hates that answer, so you might not know that, Betty. But um, my answer for everything is always depends. So each person this? is depends. a unique individual, Josh. Right, because we are we are all unique, and one size does not fit all. No. So we really have to play to the audience, which is what we do. And he does that setup for me because he agrees the same thing, uh, but he always gives me that nice setup. So I appreciate that. I do. It, I, I don't. It, one of our core values is, you know, one size does not fit all. You got to you got to find what works for you and what's what's best for you. Uh, a lot of times it, I, I find it's very helpful to have some outside perspective to shed some light, you know, on on you as an individual mm -hmm. when you're working through something, because that's that's where a lot of times the blind spots come out in the first place. Uh, so you can work on yourself. And that's where I question you how aware people really are. Uh, but this is this is a, an interesting topic to me, if only because Betty, you're coming from a place where you've been you've been in front of the camera mm -hmm. for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. So you, you've really kind of had firsthand experience to get really good at this. And what comes very naturally for you probably doesn't come all that naturally for a lot of people who are maybe stepping into the camera for the first few times over the last couple of years and developing some habits that maybe aren't the best habits to develop. You know, I, I I hate to use sports analogies, but it's kind of like you go to a golf pro, and golf pros love people who've never golfed before because you don't know to do, you know, what's right and what's wrong. So they just teach you what's right instead of having to try to fix all the things you do wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what's what's your experience been you know being in front of the camera for many years as an actress kind of how's that translate to helping people I'm, I'm i'm sure it gives you a huge edge up in in trying to get people to to that level of ability to be and i know you said not good right it's not about being good in front of the camera but being able to engage better to be being able to build trust better you know kind of the aspects of of creating a connection yes Chances are, thanks for saying that, Josh. I mean, chances are, if you're in a Zoom meeting with somebody, whether you're meeting somebody new as a prospective client, or you are doing a current deal with somebody, or you're meeting a patient, or you are working with someone to sell a home um, who's perhaps out of town and buying a home, you know, this way, which is something that's now available that maybe couldn't have been as easy to do, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. But we don't know what we don't know. And it takes time to learn new things. And the nice thing about as far as the virtual aesthetics or the appearance, it's easy. Teaching somebody how to set their camera up, how to use a riser, how to put the light in front of them so it's coming towards them is the simplest thing. You want to be the most important thing on the screen so that whomever it is you're speaking to can connect to you in the best way possible, given that we are not face to face, right? It's not a hugely complicated thing, but for some people who don't know what they don't know, it can seem like that until I come in and say, look, here's a lamp, let's place it here, let's turn your desk this way, let's, let's get your, your computer up on a riser, and done, voila. You know, if you're comfortable using a background, use a background. If you're comfortable not, don't. You know, it's, it's common sense, but yet, you know, if you're, you don't know what you don't know, you got to learn it. Do you think people experience stage fright in front of like a, a Zoom camera? Right? If I'm going on a stage in front of people, right? Like so you do, yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how many. Of course, Meryl Streep still gets stage fright. She'll, she's the first person to say that in every interview. It's it's normal, and it's and especially for people who aren't used to it, it's easier for someone like me who does this on a more regular basis and is used to kind of being under the quote microscope of a camera. But as I mentioned earlier, it can indeed be exhausting. Here's a great subject. So, you know, one of the things I like to do when I'm working with leadership is, you know, the people who are planning virtual meetings for their employees and their organizations, bringing an awareness of, okay, in the beginning it was great because one of the pros was that productivity went through the roof, right? Great. We were able to do so many things, but then what happened after a while it leveled out and people were getting yelled at. Oh, well, you're not meeting your deadline and you're not doing this. Why? Because people were planning instead of the usual, maybe one or two in-person meetings people used to have, they were planning 10 of them in a day with no time limit, no space in between. And then there's no time to do anything else. Yes. Meeting with people face-to-face, -face, especially when you're a seller or a service provider is imperatively important, right? But it can't be the only thing because we have a whole world of things that need to come together. Every cog in the wheel is important, right? Or it's not going to go. So, uh, you know, bringing that kind of awareness, especially when you, either you yourself are planning the meetings or you are in a leadership position and you're responsible for it for your team, bringing that awareness and shortening those meetings maximizing maybe five meetings per day at the most and a minimum of 30 minute meetings. That's it. Um, changing the way you address your staff meetings. If people are going to be in a situation where they're on zoom or you're in a hybrid situation, um, recognizing when employees should or shouldn't be on camera or can or don't have to be, um, all these little pieces come together to kind of make that 
conducive. Have you seen a, a shift where Zoom is being used unnecessarily versus in-person or phone? And do you think there's certain things that really shouldn't be held? And I say Zoom, but you know, virtually. Yeah. Are there certain topics or types of meetings where you're like, Hey, there's just no purpose here. So when you're talking to leaders and executives, it's like kind of, Hey, are we, are we doing an analysis of what's really appropriate to do virtually versus not? I mean, again, that's going to depend on the unique situation. I mean, I think it's a wonderful thing. It's allowed organizations to acquire talent from all over the world that may be a better fit than the person that's three blocks away. Okay. Um, it's allowed, as I said, people to spend more time with family, people to be more engaged in a way that we haven't been able to in a long time. Um, <clears throat> but as I mentioned, this isn't going anywhere because the con or the pros far outweigh the cons. I don't think there's necessarily an inappropriate time. However, there are times when it is okay for people to step away from the camera. Like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, if you're having a staff meeting and you've got a staff of 25, Make it an asynchronous environment. Um, send out a white paper and say, okay, these are the things I'd like to touch. You guys throw in your two cents, take four or five days to look at it, and then I'll get back to you and we'll break the meeting into 30-minute segments so that only those who are pertinent to the subject matter at hand have to be on camera. If you want to listen, feel free to listen and do what you got to do behind the camera. So those kinds of things are a great shift, but I don't think it's ever inappropriate. I think it's great. Um, you know, personally, you know, I wouldn't have met you had it not been for this platform. So, you know, of course, as human beings, we need that in-person face-to-face tangible energetic connection. It's just how we're wired, but this has allowed us so many wonderful things. You know, I can, I can do this with my friend in Australia and talk to her, you know, um, there's, it's just better. I, I think there's a lot of wonderful aspects to it as an option. <clears throat> Doc, I'm, I'm curious, you about to say something? Because I got a question for you. Go ahead. Fire away. All right. I, I just wanted Blue. to know. It, Is that the bet, answer? $11 billion, right? <laughs> Bet Betty, Betty, Betty mentioned something about, you know, it, it's still helpful and, and we still crave kind of the in-person human connection. Is there in your mind a, an appropriate, I don't know, length of time or an inappropriate length of time to go between meeting somebody in person? You know, like, can you really get to the same place without meeting somebody in person, I guess would be the, the real basis of this question. And if not, you know, how, how long should you hold off? Right. Cause we got a lot of professionals that are meeting with people virtually and they're trying to build that relationship. You know, should I be seeing them once a year? Should it be twice a year? You know, I, I and I know the answer is going to be, it depends, but I'm just kind of, if there's some insight you might be able to offer on your end. I'm going to throw you for a loop. I'm not going to say depends. Wow. I couldn't think of a good synonym. So I'll just go into, so actually this is where we go Maybe. back to something uh, Betty said oh, earlier wow. that I think, is super important. Um, leaning to the generational differences, right? This is where we, I'll speak for myself as some of the older person in the room, um, sometimes get stuck on this idea of virtual meeting and connection. We can really look to the youth today and, and learn a good lesson. They are able to become friends with people all over and never meet. 
um, and bond and get some really great friendships, stronger friendships than some of the people that we know in person. And, and I work with some some youth with that uh, in private practice and get, you know, always have that connection to like, well, do you ever plan to meet them? Like, yeah, maybe someday we'll meet, but there's that has no connection necessary to that friendship or their relationship. Um, and it's just a different generational thing. So we're so used to meeting in person. You know, we didn't grow up with virtual meetings. We didn't grow up with Zoom calls. We didn't grow up with any of these things. So to really build that connection was meeting that person in, in person. And that was all we had to do. So now it's it's shifting that mindset to know that that it is okay to do that. And there is a big separation from generations I see in that. Um, when I talk to some of their parents and they're like, I don't, how do they have friends? They're not real friends. How do they, they date that way too. Um, engage to people that they've never met in person, which is, you know, crazy to us when I, when I say that out loud, it sounds so weird, but it's so normal in this younger generation. So it's just shifting that mindset a little bit to see that it is a different world. And just because we're, we don't understand, it doesn't mean that it's necessary. So I don't know if that answered your question directly about time, but I think it really depends on how comfortable you are there with that and what kind of level that you can kind of connection that you feel. So it is possible. Um, there is still a great thing about human connection. It is the ability to actually put that face to the person and have that context. But I don't think it's necessary um, to, to have that kind of relationship anymore once you can get past that idea. It's, it's interesting because what, what I'm hearing is, is theoretically, uh, there's no need to meet in person ever, uh, depending on who you're on the other side of the camera with, right? And if it's somebody who's really comfortable virtually, the need might never be there. And I can actually, I, I can speak from somewhat personal experience having, having a young son and an eight-year-old son who one of his best friends is somebody he knows online who's the cousin of one of his other friends. He's never met the kid in person and may never meet him in person, but they are very close. They know a whole lot about each other. So right to your point. It's just a different world. It is. And I think it's, it's an adjustment period. And as I mentioned, you know, one of my favorite things to say regarding this whole current climate, especially in the business world is, and, and in the personal world actually, is that it is a constant ebb and flow. And change is, is just inevitable. And it's it's a hard thing. People are, are hesitant to be comfortable outside their comfort zone, right? So it's about stepping outside the box and being able to recognize this is kind of where we are in our time. And it's just, Okay, take a breath, sit back, and figure out what works best for you. Before we run out of time, I do want to touch on a, a topic because I think this is something that Betty and I are very in synergy with, and that's the idea of em empathy, especially around the workplace and, and dealing with people. So I'd love to hear some insight from you, Betty, on, on your thoughts on empathy, because I'm sure our listeners have heard me talk about it enough. <laughs> um, so I'd love to get um, that is know, that we're connected to. If it's okay, I'd like to read something because I just so happened to post something this morning on LinkedIn and it was a repost because I thought it was so pertinent to just kind of where everyone is right now. Um, you know, empathy is such a key piece to building any form of relationship, but it's also important to be able to be empathic to build a healthy relationship with yourself, right? To be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand how they're feeling even if you are not in that space personally at that time 
is such a key to being able to be, be a human being, being human. I, I can't say it enough times. And what I had said was, pardon my old eyes, I have to make it big because I'm blind, even with bifocal context. <laughs> Allowing yourself to be empathic and vulnerable opens you up to genuine human connections. It can be hard, but so can shiny surfaces that appear perfect and impenetrable. It's what's underneath the surface holding it together that matters and holds the most truth. So in regard to being an actress, that makes perfect sense. In regard to being a human, that makes sense. In the business world, I always love to say there's this huge disparity between a leader and a boss. We've all heard that, right? And the leaders are going to take an empathic, an empathic stance and create empathy within the workplace to build employee morale and recognize that all these crazy changes that have gone on that have been huge for people and they've happened quickly in the last two and a half years have had a significant effect. Being isolated for the first year, even further, um, you know, completely changing the way they worked, going from being in their office from nine to five, five days a week to being at home for months at a time. All these things are huge changes and they affect us. So having empathy for what everyone's going through, um, you know, recognizing that, again, Zoom fatigue is a thing. It can really cause issues. Um, people have, have experienced much higher levels, I'm sure you know this, Andre, of depression and a need for therapy because of the, the months and months and months of isolation, which we are not meant to be isolated creatures. Um, you know, and being that we did have to visit this way, even with family members for the first eight, 10, 12 months, you know, out of safety and concern. So all these things have had a significant effect on people, regardless of age. And our younger, our babies, our little ones, they're, they're not calling them COVID babies. So they're used to seeing people with a mask on their face. Well, for heaven's sakes, communication is key to me in my entire career, whether I'm acting in front of a camera, coaching or teaching. So that's been a tough one for me. So empathy is just, I think, the most important thing, an ability to be empathic towards whatever particular situation is affecting the people closest to you. I always like to be clear, too, because I think that misconception of empathy for people is that you have to be in agreement with someone when you have empathy for them. And that's the whole key of empathy is you don't you don't have to agree with what they're saying. You don't have to like what they're saying. You don't even have to buy into what they're saying. Empathy just says that you're you understand that they have a point of view and that's their point of view. And if you just have empathy that that is their point of view, it doesn't have to be in alignment with yours. It's just knowing that they're different or they're them and that's their view and that's okay. And that's where empathy really stems from. So it doesn't mean you have to agree or be in alignment with them. It just means that you have some understanding. Am, am, am I a little out of line here in saying, you know, a, a, you know correct me, please, because I, I just feel like the virtual setting, the, the online world has, has removed, reduced, or eliminated a ton of empathy out there. And it's a major issue today. It, 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 am I, am I off base here? I mean, you know, is this kind of something that you see in, in your practice? I don't think, I think it's a whole separate issue. I don't think, I think it's pertinent to just kind of how the world is working period, as Andre mentioned earlier, and this is totally off topic for me, but um, I think in regard to, empathy as a whole, yeah, it's made it very hard for people to connect because the younger generation is so used to connecting this way, right? Which is fine and wonderful, but, you know, nothing can take the place of a conversation, an actual conversation. Texting has its time and place. Um, meeting virtually has its time and place. 
but yet in the end, and I'm sure Andre, I, I would assume you would agree with me, um, given your background that eventually that face-to-face -face does need to eventually happen at some point, not all the time, this can work, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, empathy has become a difficult thing because of many other reasons, which is completely off topic regarding instant-gratification and the way the world has just kind of shifted due to the technology, the TikTok, the Instagram, etc. That goes back to why I preach empathy so much is because we're very divided in a lot of ways and that gets highlighted online. I think that's what, JB, you're kind of hinting at too, is like some of that, the anger and, and you know, openness to attack without those filters the same way you wouldn't do in person. Yeah. Um, because of that safety of the distance and anonymity a lot of times. Um, that's where the empathy even has more value because if you see someone doing that, your natural inclination is to attack back. But if you have some empathy, you can say, hey, that person is just going through something I don't understand or I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, let me pull away from that. I think in regard to the business world, you know, it's when I'm referring to it, it's as I mentioned, right, you know, raising the employee morale. And yes, you don't have to agree with it, but being empathic to the situation. And, you know, yes, that 20 Zoom meetings is exhausting and recognizing, oh, okay, maybe I need to rethink as a leader, not a boss, how I do this. Doesn't mean I have to agree, but I need to be self-aware and aware of the effect this is having within my organization, which is supposed to be an asynchronous environment. And it's going to produce the best result <clears throat> regarding ROI, business, morale within the workspace. And it's just going to make for a happier place, you know, a less stressful environment because everybody is under enough stress today, given everything we've talked about, period. Absolutely. Been a great conversation. Yeah. Betty, is there uh, something you have for our audience or in, in a way for our audience to connect to you that you would like to share with us? Absolutely. I've actually just released a very brief virtual course that talks about most of what we discussed today. There's only eight short modules, about three, four, five minutes each. Um, and it is currently including a 30-minute free coaching session if you purchase it. And that can be found at my website, connectiveengagement.com, spelled just as it is. And um, you can follow me on LinkedIn anytime. Awesome, Betty. Thank you. And I'm, I'm very grateful to hear you do have a way for our listeners to connect with you. You can't have a business called Connective Engagement and not have a way to connect. So that... <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a big one andre you got a weird weird helmet going on there man <laughs> it's not, i mean my big takeaway from today's episode there is really being aware of how you are on camera and making sure that you're you know centered in the screen and very aware so i really appreciate everything i've learned from betty today lovely andre well, I'm enjoying this prop humor. I mean, the people, the people listening have the no chips, clue what's the, going the, on the here. Chips, the mic screen. <laughs> fantastic. And it's really appreciated if you go on Zoom. That's why you go on YouTube to watch us. Yeah. Yeah. Check, check us out. Definitely okay. entertaining. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, really enjoyed the conversation, Betty. Thank you so much for joining us here in the lab and uh, really excited to continue to learn from you on the best ways to engage online and continue to build that human connection and, uh, you know, explore empathy uh, in myself and, you know, in the space at large. I think it's a big topic that's going to be, continue to be something we, we got to focus on moving forward. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. Thanks, Betty. And of course, all the information will always be in the show notes. Okay. You know, it's such an interesting topic, Doc, you know, talking about engaging virtually because we're, we're all doing it, 
right? But how well are we really doing it? You know, on a scale of one to ten, I, I, I think most of us would be like, oh, I'm an eight, a nine, or or a ten. But are we really? I don't, I don't think most of us are. We talk about intentionality a lot, and that's I think one area that we're not seeing a lot of people putting a lot of intention is when they're doing Zoom meetings. It's like afterthoughts for them. They think they get to relax. They think they get to kind of just be nonchalant around it. Um, and that probably got away in the beginning because everyone was new to it. But now, like most things in business, it's evolved. Now you have to put that same energy and intention into it that you would anything, any other kind of business meeting you would prepare for, any other kind of uh, training you would prepare for. Especially if you're networking and meeting someone new to try to do some business, you have to I mean, I can go out on a whole aside. I watched somebody do a business meeting in my dentist's office on speaker on Zoom, and that was just probably the most unprofessional thing. Even if that person had a perfect product, I would never hire them because of what I watched them do. And just, you know, also putting the other person's business out there in the middle of an office on speakerphone is not a good idea either. But yeah, I think that's putting more attention to it, being more aware. Like Betty was saying, awareness, I think is going to go a long way for helping us get better at this. Yeah. So if you've got a need and you feel like you get better virtually, building relationships, building trust, connecting with people, uh, check out the show notes. Uh, check out Betty. She's fantastic. Great background, great experience, and really got some fantastic insight on how to do that. And uh, again, if you're, if you're still listening, you're still watching us, uh, and you haven't given us a like, a subscribe, a follow, or a five-star review, go ahead and do it, please. We do this for you and to impact more people and be able to give you some good insight so you can take away something to get better in your life and your business today. And remember, you can check us out on YouTube and watch our smiling faces do this and you get to see my clever crop, prop comedy. It was cute. Um, something like that. Uh, and also you can find us at jvandthedoctor.com and on all our social media at jvandthedoctor. All right, everybody. In the meantime, don't forget... We do have a freebie out there, the six methods to make sure that your business doesn't fail. So if you are struggling or you're concerned about how your business is going to survive and exceed expectations and leave your competition in your dust, you might just want to check that out. Details in the show notes, or you can see it on the screen here on YouTube. And of course, check out our free masterclass that's out there, our seven-minute masterclass, getting it done quickly on how to help increase your time quick strategy, not going to fail. And it's a little Halloween themed and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. So check that out too. Of course, you can find us right in the show notes. Yep. All right, everybody. JB out. Peace out, yo.